اليوم Ready for takeoff? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Very good. Always be ready for takeoff. That's what it's all about. The flight into the limitless sky. Ah. So that's what everybody is longing for, is just to be free, to take off. Because that's how you are, really, most of the time. It's only when you have the physical body that you feel so limited. And much, much, much more of the time, in this whole eternity, you have no body, you're just free. So when you're in the physical body, of course you're longing for that, freedom. So this is what we have forgotten. Because we got too identified with all these problems of the body and the pain in the body and the relationship dramas and what to do and what not to do and how to get enough money or how to spend enough money, depending on what life situation we're in. And then it becomes more and more narrow inside. So I want to talk a bit of the whole seeking or the journey back to oneself because everybody is in different places on this journey. So most people in the world, they are totally unconscious, so they're not even interested. They haven't come to that place to that development in the human evolution that they are at all interested to wake up. That's the majority. 
which we're not so interested in. And then you have the people, when you start getting interested, so it's an interest there. It's a little appetite for something else than the normal food. So you can say it's a, to put it in easy ways, it would be a student and a disciple and a devotee. And after the devotee you become your own master. But there's even something before the students and that is the unconscious which is the most people are. So already to become a interested or to become a student, it takes some courage. So for the student, it's just you're still just little interested, like you're learning something else. You're learning a little bit of meditation, of healing, of techniques, of this and that. But you're more or less the same as you've been. Then to become a disciple is a big step, because then it's not the personal thing you have accepted that you don't know. You have gone deeper, you've seen more. The real thing is to drop all your knowledge and become innocent again. That's where courage and energy and understanding and patience. This is needed when you become a disciple. A student doesn't need any courage because he's still safe. You're just studying something. When you become a disciple, you accept that you don't know. And it doesn't need to be a disciple to anybody, it can be a disciple to life. So any master or anybody who has come back to themselves, who have accepted themselves, he is life. But it's difficult to accept that because we're so used to just the ego personality. That's why it's so difficult for you to accept who you really are. The more difficult it is for you to accept, the more difficult it is to accept that somebody else have accepted that in them. So the whole stage of 
coming back is really the stage what I call the disciplehood. That's where it takes the whole courage to burn the candle from both the sides, to put your total energy into it, to go against your own mind, your own conditioning, to go against everything that you have learned, which is just from the outside, to accept that you don't really know how you are, what you feel. That's the whole stage to sort out, to get all the emotions where the emotions belong, all the thoughts where the thoughts belong, to get your body listening to the body again, to listening to your heart again, to don't go so much after your head, but to follow your heart. This is an incredible, exciting stage. And the more you accept that you don't know, the easier it goes. And in between all the stages, you swap back and forward sometimes. So even when you're in disciple, you can go back to being a student and back to being a disciple. That the habits comes back. And you project something on your friends or your friend, or your master. So the more and more deeper you go into it, the more and more trust is coming up. Because you start seeing, you start experiencing that it's working. And people around you see the changes. And then it gives you tremendous trust that in spite of everything that you're doing against your program is something much more beautiful that is happening. So you know it's worth it, even how hard, even how difficult it is. So then it goes into more trust, that you trust. You trust yourself, you trust existence, you trust your friend, you trust your guide, you trust your master. You trust that there's something bigger. And really, it's no different from what I call a master or somebody who has accepted themselves than what you are. It's just that you haven't fully accepted it. You haven't recognized it. 
So he or she is there to remind you. So the more trust you have, and this is where it's very needed to have somebody who has gone through it, because nobody else can take you beyond your own mind, your own conditioning, your own habits. So you need a trust in somebody who has already gone beyond his own limits. That's why he always, in the East, they say it's more a disciple-master relationship, it's more like a love relationship. It's more love. Because you can only receive, you can only trust when there is love. Out of that love, out of that feeling that you can trust somebody, something in your heart get touched. Out of that, a deeper trust comes. That you're willing to go on whatever. You come to trust your friend or your master even more than you do yourself because you realize that you don't know yourself. then everything starts being available. Everything starts getting to be possible. Because then you start opening up. And then, from disciplehood, or this trust, this love, that can flow into surrender. And you can only surrender that which is false in you, which means your ego, your conditioning. You can't surrender what is real, because only that which is false, you can lose. You can never lose what is real. So that's why I wanted to mention it too, because this is very misunderstood in the West. They have no idea what it means between a master and a disciple. They only know about the student. And the student is somebody who learns for his own profit, for his ego to get stronger, for his knowledge to get stronger. And everybody who have a longing to come back to himself, they have to go through that. Because you can't drop everything that you think you are, what you know, to come to that place that I don't know, if you don't have anybody to trust, to show you what is it that is really true. Then you will just be lost. Nobody to guide you. That's why nobody has gone that far even. But when you have somebody you love, somebody you trust, somebody that you know will help you, somebody that 
even is there only for this reason. There is no other reason that a master or somebody who has come back to themselves are there for, because he has done his or her homework. There's nothing more to do. So in the West, they haven't even come to this dimension. That's where they are going, and that's where they have to go. And then, after all this work, this intensity, this working on ourselves as a disciple of somebody or for life, which is the same thing, it's just that it's easier to surrender to somebody in the physical body because then you have an object and you're so used to an object. So you have the, the, the divine in a body. So the master is just an excuse to steer this part of you that can surrender, to feel this love. When that door is open, you can surrender to anything, like they did in the old days, to the sun, to the moon, to the ocean, to the nature spirits, to Mother Earth. But this you can't before that door is open in you. So in the West, they don't know about disciplehood and they don't know about surrender which comes after, the real surrender comes after. Because in disciplehood you need a trust. You need the courage to go through the fire, to burn off all that which is untrue. So the real gold comes forth. You have to cut the diamond. And for that process you need somebody that you also see that is possible, that reminds you that this is your future, this is possible. And then if you go on, that's why it's important to just go on. That's why I say, just go on, as long as there's something to look at, to feel, go into it. Clean your whole garden for rocks so you can start planting beautiful flowers there. So this is the whole thing to clean your garden, get all the rubbish out. And the more intense, the more energy you have, the more courage you have, the quicker it goes. <clears throat> That's why it's no 
set time. It depends, depends more on intensity and longing and intelligence or a heart connection. Then when all that is cleaned out, that trust that you had, it can flower us into a surrender, which is unheard of in the West. Because they are so identified to the ego, and that's what you want to surrender. So yes, you have to die as an ego to get reborn as a real heart or soul or energy or innocence or love. That's why the Sufi says, until you die. Until you die, that cannot be born. That's why Jesus say, to come into my kingdom of God, you have to die. You have to be born again. And it doesn't mean that you have to die physically, it means that you have to die to all that you have stuffed into yourself unconsciously. And when all that is gone, all that is cleaned out, it is like a rebirth because then you clean. You start functioning with all your senses, your emotions, your thoughts. Everything is totally purified. then that trust automatically flowers into a devotion, a surrender. Because then your heart has met. You know that whatever hardship you were going through, whatever the Master was hitting you, it was just to help you. That's the point where I I say the war is over. Then you have done your homework. The war is over. And the magic of magic is that when you are surrender, you are just surrendering the old. Then you become the new. And then at this stage, as a devotee, as a bhakti, as a lover of God, if this can send roots deeper, or you can rest into this, 
with yourself or with the company of your friend or your master, then it gets more and more closer that you see there is no separation. That from devotion, from surrender, it flowers into a unity, a oneness, where you see that there is no separation between you and the Master, and for the Master is already no separation. He has already melted. He is functioning like an emptiness. So when you reach there, you can both laugh together, relax together. Then there is only a rest, a laughter, a silence. That's the point where there is nothing else to do than just have a cup of chai. Then everything becomes totally ordinary again. It's a full circle. Then you're functioning in the world, but totally clean, totally ordinary. That's why this Taoist and the Zen people say that the most extraordinary in this world is to be ordinary. Nobody is just ordinary. Everybody is trying to be something else than what they are. It's the most difficult thing to accept that you are just like you are and relax into your true nature. You're so used to comparing and judging yourself and others. So this whole journey is just to come back to a point where you totally accept yourself as you are, as you always have been. That's the point where you can say, I am that. I am Brahma. I am God. Because there is no separation. That is in you. Where else can it be? So this, which is the most easy and natural and is the closest to us, is the most difficult to find. And more and more now in the modern world, because it's so many things in the outside world. That's why people, humanity, never have been so lost. Because all the energy is going out. It was easier before when people were more simple.
Now they spend billions and billions just to sleep well. In America, every third person can sleep in the night. They need sleeping pills to sleep. Then you have really gone far away. So that's why also meditation is just a medicine to get healthy again. To start slowing down. And slowing down so much, if you're lucky, that you totally stop. And in that stopping, you find what you've always been seeking. So this is always a paradox. That's why I had to travel to Himalayas and to India, seeking something that I knew it was a vague memory. But in reality, I didn't need to go anywhere to find it. But I needed to find people who had it so they could remind me that I had it. As soon as you totally accepted it, you're free. But you always will be grateful to the ones who have helped you, or to your master. In fact, for me, grateful is not, it can't really express it because there is no separation. The gratitude, the gratefulness is so big that there is no separation. I'm doing the same what my master, Osho, showed me. He was just a silence, just a love, just an understanding. So that's what he showed me. So it's the same, that's why I say it's the same business. The taste is always the same. Wherever you taste the ocean, it's the same taste. Whoever had tasted this in themselves, it will be the same taste. Just different packing, different bodies, different expressions. But the taste, 
the feeling, the love, the silence, the gratefulness is always the same. So what he started, it started working, it started, the seeds he planted, it started blooming, it's springtime. springtime everybody is happy because the winter has been long and cold so this is the right thing to feel happy to be light-hearted So this new spring, this new flowering that is happening and will happen more and more, <clears throat> will disturb a lot of people, and especially many of the sannyasins, because they still hold on to a name and a form, even though the master also always just wanted and told us that you are that, you are the Buddha. So it's a very interesting time. And to be a Buddha is the most ordinary thing. And it's not something in the future. You can just relax into that. 
because it's always there. That's why I say, even if you can just allow yourself a little bit, in this moment to relax into it, it will help. Even though the process still has to go on before you totally accept it. The more baths you have in the ocean of nectar, of love, of silence on the way, the quicker it goes. So you're getting more and more used to relaxing into your own essence, your own nectar. And then, when you have done it enough, you just stay there. Because it's always there. It's just in the beginning it's too good to be true. So it takes time to get used to it. But the moment comes where you just stay there and it follows you whatever you do, wherever you go. Because you are that. So this is the whole Leela, this is the whole play of God, dancing. The whole difference is unconscious or conscious. When you're unconscious, is suffering. When you're conscious, is gratefulness is playfulness, is clarity. When it's dark, you stumble around in the dark. You can't find your way. When there's light, you see where you're walking. You enjoy the sun. That's the whole difference. But that difference makes all the difference in the world.